This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom and welcome to Asian Torah's Essentials Program, Practical Spirituality. We are on, uh, oh, um, we, are, we are doing uh, right now uh, the difference between fast prayer and meditation. Uh, in Judaism, we have kind of a tough situation because we have an obligation to pray three times a day. And uh, women are allowed to just do uh, praise, request, and thanks. So they can just say, God, you're awesome. Where are my shoes? Thank you. Like they, they fulfilled it. Men, on the other hand, we have the... Men, on the other hand, we have the Jewish prayer book with, uh, you know, a whole formula that we say. It was written by the men of the Great Assembly, which was 120 men who were, you know, beyond geniuses on subjects that you'd never dream a rabbi would ever have to know, but they had to know it for cases and stuff. Not to mention, they also had to know languages, um, meaning all the languages. (laughs) You can't try a case uh, in in translation. So they had to know all the languages. They also had to know everything about witchcraft and black magic and all the other stuff. Also, all the idolatrous practices. They had to know that because also they had to adjudicate cases in that to distinguish whether someone was guilty or not. And uh, anyway, but these great men, which how many did I say there are? 120, but I want to say it differently now. I want to say it was 117. You know why? Because the last three had not only all of those qualifications but they were also the last three prophets on earth. The last three prophets who lived were part of these men of the great assembly. And they created, amongst many things, they created what is today's modern Jewish prayer book. They wrote that prayer book. So that prayer book is filled with all kinds of Kabbalistic incantations that are said every day. And uh, some are said in the morning, some are said in the afternoon, some are said in the evening. And it is a prescription, yes, but it is a prescription that is of huge Kabbalistic import. And, and it needs to be said, and it needs to be said with precision. It's got to be said right. Now, does it have to be said with Kavana? And what is Kavana? Yes, you see, I'm pointing to my mind. Why do I say Kavana with here? It's because you see your lips, in Jewish prayer, your lips have to move. You have to be actually saying stuff at least loud enough for your ear to hear. But what if your mind's on the fact that your car needs a car wash or on money issues or on relationship issues or on, you know, other concerns that you're going to have to be dealing with in the future? What if your mind is here and your mouth is saying the words of the prayer book? That means that you have no kavana. And our rabbis say that prayer without kavana is like a body without a neshama. It says, Tefila below kavana ke guf below nishama. So the prayer without the kavana is like a body without a soul. And the and what is this word kavana? Like right now my car is in the shop. Thank God my alignment's okay. But the word for alignment in a car or you know in a camera or a gun sight. It's, that's an alignment. So like when I do this, you know, it's now, it's now aligned. So if my mouth's here and my head's over there, I mean, I'm saying prayers, but my head's somewhere else. 
So to pray with kavanah is to get my head. I got to bring it back. I got to, I got to like reel it in. I got to, I got to somehow lasso my mind and pull it back to what my lips are saying. And that's kavanah is to be in, you know, integrated between thought and speech. Now, the funny thing is, is no, I mean, you, sometimes we do this, but you'd almost never do this while speaking to somebody. You know, when you're speaking to somebody, can you imagine? I mean, we do space out sometimes when we're speaking to somebody and think about something else. But, I mean, how, how much would you ever talk to someone who keeps thinking about other things in the middle of the conversation? You just wouldn't do that. It's, 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 like, it's not nice at all. To speak to somebody who starts thinking about other things and then you realize they're not, they start glazing over. And you realize they're not, they're not really following anymore. So who wants to be in such a conversation? And, uh, and today it's kind of freaky because a lot of people are texting and sorry, sorry. A lot of people are on their headset in a phone call, but they're surfing the web on the phone call and dealing with chats and stuff and, and, and surfing the web, you know, I've, I've caught myself so extremely bored in some conversations that I did watch surfing on YouTube during the conversation. And, you know, every couple of minutes I was like, whoa. <laughs> and they were like, what happened? I'm like, oh, nothing. So you say, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna go there now because we're talking about fast prayer because I got to catch a bus or because I'm thinking about something else or I or I got to be in a meeting or or you know I got an appointment. So fast prayer means most likely that your head's gonna be somewhere else. So we have uh, our rabbis talk about this because they understand like if you're doing this every day three times a day you're gonna have prayers that didn't go so hot. That you said the words, but, and maybe even the minimal, basic, like, skeleton of what we're supposed to say. But you missed the kavana, and you were ripping through the words high speed. So, you still do it. That's, that's important to do. And the, so what they tell us is as follows. For prayer to, to go, for prayer to do its job, it needs to be, either in Hebrew or a language you understand. Like, let's say someone doesn't understand Hebrew. So for a prayer to do its job, it either has to be in Hebrew or a language you understand, but you're paying attention. Ideally, Hebrew that you understand, but you can actually do it in Hebrew with no understanding. You understand? So you understand. So, like, let's just say, uh, let's just say, uh, let's say you didn't understand the prayers over here. You understand your prayers in Hebrew. But let's just say you didn't. So you could actually pray and fulfill your obligations of Torah study in um, so obligation of prayer, saying Hebrew that you don't know a word you're saying. A lot of people would do this, by the way, in other countries. Not so much in Israel, but a lot of countries there. People just don't understand the prayers. But they're still doing the job, which is interesting. But the Hebrew itself does the job. And uh, whereas someone who prays in English and doesn't, doesn't pay attention, or French or Spanish or whatever, someone who prays in another language and doesn't pay attention, it, 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 it like literally shuts it off. It shuts it off. 
There's something about the phonetics of the Hebrew itself that caused the prayer to go. Now, another issue is that in order for your prayers to go up, meaning you can do the job, but they don't go up. There's another thing is doing the job. One thing's doing the job, and the other thing is having the prayers rise. I, uh, there's a famous Baal Shem Tov story where back when rabbis used to humbly travel around the world to bring life to people, whereas today it almost seems like everyone serves them. The, um, but back when they used to travel, so the Baal Shem Tov went to a town, and they were, they were very excited to bring him to the Beit Knesset, to the synagogue in the town. And, and when they got to the synagogue, when they got to the door, the Baal Shem Tov stopped. And they said, what's the matter? He says, well, this synagogue's filled with prayer. And the Baal Shem Tov said, they said, what's wrong with that, that it's filled with prayer? And he said, the prayer is supposed to rise. It's a synagogue filled with prayer, but the prayer didn't go up. Now, that's not a great story for what I'm about to tell you. And what I'm about to tell you is that, is that if you don't have kavana for prayer, meaning if your mouth's here and your mind's there, it doesn't go up. Unless there's 10 men in the room. If there's 10 men praying in the room, then it goes up. So for anyone to pray alone, he's basically saying that he, it's, it's really a, almost arrogant to think your, your kavana is so good that you don't need a minion. Meaning, if you really want to pray without a minion, you first have to become such an expert at concentration on prayer. Otherwise, your prayer is not going anywhere. Meaning, yeah, you fulfilled the obligation, whatever it does, it does, and it does a lot, but it didn't go up. So the reason why it's so important that we pray in a minion of men, which means 10 men at least, that the prayer goes up for the ones you were spaced out on. The ones you have in mind, you don't need the 10 men. The one where your mind was elsewhere, the 10 men take it to where it belongs, meaning it takes it to the, uh, you know, the upper worlds and stuff. So that's the importance of me. I just want to mention one other thing is that the many men, especially Western men, do not like praying in a minion. It's, it's uh, emasculating. Meaning you could, be, you could be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company and walk into a minion. And they'll, when you walk through the door, they're like, seven. You're like, who are you calling seven? You know, <laughs> I got I got an Audi SUV downstairs, you know. I'm not seven, yeah, but and then you know they're like, sit down and shut up, seven, you know, <laughs> eight, <laughs> nine. So the it's emasculating. Minions are emasculating, and many men, especially as I said, Western men, don't feel very comfortable being a number in a minion. And you also notice a lot of them slip out. Uh, during the repetition, they like to slip the minion. <laughs> you know, they they kind of like count the minion, and they're like, "Okay, there's ten men," and they just kind of get out, you know, go back to their day. And of course, they they make themselves look very busy. You know, I know some extremely busy people who stay in stay in minions. Um, I once was in a Sephardic minion. 
where they were, they just kept going and going and going. I mean, they were like really taking their time, the repetition, they took their time. And then we said 13 attributes of mercy. And then we said Tachanun. And then we, you know, but they were just going on and on. They had, then they had Lamnat Seach. And then they had Aleinu. And it just like, I was like, this is the longest mincha I've ever done. So I, I complained to the whole minion. I, I said out loud to the whole minion. I'm like, you know, us Ashkenazi, we got things to do. You know, we're busy. You know, we got work. And, and you know what they said back? Uh, one of the rabbis there said, we also do. And that's why we take our time when we pray. <laughs> For an Ashkenazi, like, get me out of here so I can get back to work. For the Sephardi, he was like, I got a lot of work to do, so I better like, I better really put in some time in here before I go try to make any money. You know, th- this is where the money is getting made, is through, through, you know, serious prayer. So anyway, he shut me down so hard and so fast. Like, <laughs> I, I, it was almost like he had been uh, expecting me to say this and like had a perfect answer, but it was immediate. He was like, that's why we're praying so long. So, okay, so th- anyway, that's me. But the one more thing I want to say about it is once in a while, I'll get a, you know, a young whippersnapper who says, I'm not praying in minions anymore. I'm, I pray by myself. So I have a saying that any man who, any man who says he's going to pray by himself eventually stops praying. Any man who says I'll pray by myself eventually stops praying. Anyone here ever try it? Anyone here be that young whippersnapper who says that enough with minions, I'm praying by myself? You tried it? How'd it go? Nothing. <laughs> we can't trust you on this. You're the, you're the anomaly of all of humanity. <laughs> Moshe, ever try this? Tried on my own, not consistent. No, I mean, like you're done with minions. No. Anyway, I've had a lot of people, you know, when this room is packed, we've got a lot of whippersnappers in here who raise their hands and they stop praying. You know, when you pray by yourself, eventually you stop. Because it is, because uh, prayer itself is emasculating. <laughs> Meaning, praying with a minion is extremely emasculating. But what is prayer? What is prayer? Prayer is recognition that you're not the source of what's going on. That there's actually something much bigger running the show. Well, that, you can't get much more emasculating than that. So the same guy who doesn't want to pray with the minions is the same guy who's going to stop praying because he can't handle the ego death of prayer. Prayer is ego death. And it's, uh, you also, you'll see a, a lot of Westerners when they pray, they, they can't bow down. We have to bow at certain points here. You know, you've got no choice. The halacha is that you have to take all your 18 vertebrae and go right down to that bottom one. You know, and you're going like all the way. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> After our discussion before. But I can do it. So you go, but you go like all the way horizontal. You don't put your head down. You keep your head flat. You're not supposed to have your head below the belt. And you go all the way down. And guess what? Aleinu l'shabach, all the way. Same halacha. It's supposed to be like this? Flat. Yeah, you should be able to balance a bowl of soup on your back. Your head up? Head straight, spine straight. Meaning if, if I go down and let my head drop like a grapefruit, so now my, my, now my head's below my waist. You're, not, you're supposed to keep your head belt level. 
So the uh, so you keep your spine straight all the way up to the neck there. And then when you come up, you come up neck first, and then uh, sorry, back first, and let's see. neck first, and then you move to the wrist from the back. You go from the neck down to the back of going back straight. So um, Westerners don't like to ba- they don't like bowing. <laughs> they don't like bowing. They don't want to surrender. They don't like ego death. And so you'll see so many people that are like. You know, while they're racing through a lane, like, nothing to your stuff on the end. That's the bow. It's almost like the same as a shuckle, really. You know, shuckling is nothing to your stuff. But that's all they're going to do. And, but our sages say that anyone who doesn't bow, their spine becomes a snake. Why? Why? Why does someone who can't bow? Why does their spine become a snake? What's a snake? Snakes, it's dishonest. It's dishonest. It's not straight. It lacks integrity. So what does that mean? Well, what it means is that someone who bows, someone who surrenders, someone who lets God be source, is when push comes to shove in a business situation where like, you know, no one's going to find out if I just slide a little money this way. You know, someone who's like that is someone who is discounting the fact that God's totally on, God's watching all this. Like, God is very privy to that thought, and certainly the action. (laughs) And so someone who's not bowing, his spine becomes a snake, because if he's not willing to surrender, that there's a source to all this, who's got a watchful eye of our, our world and our action, our thought, speech, and action. So he's the kind of guy who might also, you know, when, when uh, some kind of greed comes up and dishonesty comes up, he's likely going to snake you. So that's why our sages say that someone who can't bow, their spine becomes a snake. So got to be careful of that. And that all of us need to come to uh, surrender. Now, you can see the, the most arrogant nations are the ones that don't bow or prostrate. Yeah. The most humble ones are always bowing, prostrating. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Wow. That's interesting. Almost like the Mara that talks about, like, um, the, the body goes back from a specific bone in the spine, and, like, if you don't bow properly, like, it... Like, it's some sort of thing about it, how it affects, like, if, uh... <coughs> The bone, like a specific vertebrae, yeah. It says like that. That's like the one vertebrae that lasts, like even after the body decomposes, and then chesamesim, like it grows back from that. Like that's the vertebrae that, like you bow, like where like the, like we're bow, like most. Um, it makes like your ver- which vertebrae specifically? Or I'm not sure. Uh, I know that chesamesim comes from the top of the spine, but it's the it's the bone in the back of your head. That's the yeah. that's like called the loose. The, the thing about like the bow, like you'll bow properly. It's like it. Like, Based on how, like, if you like that properly, like that's going. I'm like, I'm involved in specifics of it. There's something wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, meditation. Meditation is is going to when you're doing meditation. It's a combination of of breath work, mental simplicity, meaning a 
the word meditation specifically, like let's say someone asked you to think about something, you'll say, okay, I'm going to, let me meditate on that. What does that mean? That means you're going to single-mindedly focus on it. So it's a discipline to be able to think about one thing for a long time. Not an easy discipline. But meditation literally means to think about one thing without distraction. When the mind gets distracted, you draw back and go back to meditation. When you think about other stuff, you got out of meditation. And then you pull yourself back to meditation. Uh, I was told this by a, a meditation teacher in Israel that he said there, that in the Kabbalistic writings, there are, there are 26 words. Hi, welcome. There are 26 words for meditation in the Torah. Thanks for dropping in. It's a, actually a drop-in course. So you guys dropped in more than anybody. And someone dropped in about 45 seconds before you. You're, you're not late. It's a drop-in course. Yeah, your parachutes are in a tree outside, I'm sure. Welcome. So we're talking about meditation right now. And uh, we spoke about breath work. That is going to be uh, breath work. It's usually going to be abdominal breathing which means uh, opening up the, the stomach muscles, causing the diaphragm to lower, which causes the lungs to take in a fuller breath. And, and is it after four, Rabbi? Oh, is it? Would you be willing to talk about meditation? This whole group wants meditation. Not necessarily to do it. They might, careful, stop. They might want to do it. should be more meditative and that would never happen. They might want to do it, but they... Um, You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.